Welcome to Spiritual Fertility. I am your host, Allison Buckland. I am a mother to a miracle and a highly intuitive and transformational teacher, coach, and healer. I believe that each of our life experiences shape us, providing valuable lessons from which we can transform, expand, and evolve in this lifetime. When we are armed with the right tools to bring about our own self-awareness and shine a light upon some of our most darkest experiences, we then begin to experience an awakening and rebirth, a reinvention of ourselves and the conscious awareness to take action and co-create the path ahead. Join me each week and listen in to hear my guests' impactful stories along with their empowering tools to ignite and inspire. I'm providing a supportive, fun, and collaborative space to collectively initiate and motivate change within you, spark your curiosity, and bring hope and inspiration to your own soul's path. I'm excited for you to join me and see what we can discover. Hi, and welcome to Spiritual Fertility. Again, I am your host, Allison Buckland, and I am just beyond thrilled and excited to welcome my next guest this week because of a few reasons. So we have many connections, certainly. We met through LinkedIn. She was one of the people that I met through LinkedIn that someone connected us, and then I just happened to be traveling like a week later to her hometown, and we got to like meet in person like right away from the start. And we've both played an integral part of each other's lives throughout the last several years, four or five years that we've been connected. And she is not only a mother, but she is an author. She has created the UMAP profile that we'll talk a little bit about. She has kids in different generations, and she has gone through multiple transformations that really lead to the intention that I want to bring forth for this episode that we kind of came about when we were talking is really that not only that self-realization, but that self-awareness that we can have throughout our life as we move forward on our journey and as we evolve and as we grow. But then to be able to be in tune and conscious to recognize where these themes of our life keep showing up so that we can learn. And so Kristen and I talked about the different themes that she's had in her life through self-awareness, through moving through fear, and then being open to what is aligned for her future. And so Kristen Sherry is my guest for today. She's a dear friend, and I would like her to tell you a little bit about uh, her life. Um, She's in this zen, beautiful moment right now, but it was not always that way. But Kristen, tell our listeners a little bit about you and who you are and kind of what you do right now. And we'll get into all the tidbits of how we've impacted each other's lives and some of the tools that can definitely impact anybody who's listening. Thank you, Allison. I just want to congratulate you on your podcast. I know you have so much deep wisdom to share with people from your own life journey. And it's an honor to be with you. You are one of the most impactful people in my life. And uh, I will forever be grateful to you for that. So I'm excited for the impact you will have through this podcast to reach people at scale to help them on their transformation journeys in their own life. So as you said, I've had many transformation 
journey. So just to very quickly do the rundown of who I am. I grew up in a small town in Fort Erie, Ontario, Canada, born in Buffalo, New York, struggled as a child to connect with people. I felt like a weird child, had a little bit of bullying situation going on starting in middle school. I struggled to make friends easily. I found it difficult to inject myself into groups of people and to talk to people. So I spent a lot of time by myself as a child, mostly reading books, thinking, riding my bike, playing outdoors. Grew up uh, wanting to be a doctor. That dream did not come to fruition. And I ended up at a career crossroad. I really just did not know what I was going to do with my life because I thought I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a doctor. And then calculus was really hard and I was not resourceful at the time to (laughs) find a tutor. And so I thought, well, I'll just get my neuroscience degree and stop there and I won't pursue any go to medical school. So I found myself in the workforce and then it was just, my life was just one career transition after another from working in uh, state education at the university level to going into corporate, working in IT, working in operations, working in learning and development. And then I just wanted to get off that hamster wheel of corporate. And I started to work for myself on a personal level. Um, I was married for 11 years to the father of my sons. I have a 26 and a 22 year old son. We divorced and then and we were legally married for 11 years. We separated before that. <laughs> uh, and then I, I met my forever husband and we've been married for 12 years. We have two babies that didn't quite make it into the world together. And then um, and then two, our two daughters that are 10 and seven. And uh, he's been a tremendous support. And so apart from you, he's another person that's transformed my life, mostly by Um, just allowing me to unfold into the person that I've meant to become and being supportive along the way. So that's me in a nutshell. And I, as you mentioned, love to write books, self-development books for adults and children. Um, And then uh, I also have, like you said, the UMAP profile, which helps people discover how to use their strengths aligned to their values and, um, and really discover what their interests are and how to apply those interests to the skills they find motivating. And so that's been very rewarding work because I've watched what happens when people shed the lies that they're more than they've been told and then um, press into who they are and their potential and just seeing people shed the weight of what people told them they were has been just the greatest blessing in my career of anything I've done of all of those transitions. I think actually the work I do now is more fulfilling than if I had become a doctor. So nothing wrong with being a doctor, but for me, I think the work I'm doing, helping people discover who they really are at their core and then living from that place has been, it's just very values aligned work. For sure. And yes, you have been through and accomplished and done many things, which when I was conceptualizing this podcast, I knew immediately, I'm like, Kristen, she's got it all, Um, you know, just through your life experiences. The first thing I do want to talk about is the UMAP and what that 
first off, I'd like to know and share kind of how you came in to develop that, because I know you worked in different careers and came about with that. But before you share with that, I do want to share that going back to what you were said about how we can feel like we have to move forward and take steps based on what other people tell us or based on what we think we should know. And I know you and I both agree that asking a child what they want to be when they grow up is a big no, no, because how are you ever going to know? I didn't know what I wanted to be when I was even a grown up. And the UMAP profile was one catalyst that really helped me. I was in my 40s at the time, early 40s. And I remember grabbing your book, UMAP, and then going through an, uh, the process and working with one of the coaches that is certified through you. And when I learned that what my strengths were, it was like this, wait a second, wait, that's a strength? Um, that's amazing. Like, And applying that to what I was doing, I was still even not even fully conceptualized that this was something that was that was unique to me. I was still trying to fit what I was doing into what I thought I was or who I was supposed to be. But as I continued more with the UMAP and understanding, it really came full circle. And um, a couple summers ago, I had the opportunity to work with you and become certified as a UMAP coach. But that process just really solidified that the career path that I was on and now going into education was really something that fit and and even goes back to UMAP too with the podcast. Um, one of my motivating skills is working in computers. So being able to edit these podcasts, I was feeling really fulfilled and it's really fun for me. So can you share a little bit about not only the profile itself, but how you came to develop the profile and some maybe some stories of how it's impacted other lives? Because I really think that that is just crucial, especially, I mean, the values part is just amazing. Um, so I'd love to hear more about that. Sure. I want to touch on a couple of things you said when you talked about not asking kids, what do you want to do when you grow up? Um, I like to ask kids, who do you want to be when you grow up? And thinking about the aspects of the person they want to become. So we can focus on being human beings and not human doings. And the reason for that is because everything you said gives me goosebumps because we try to stuff ourselves into other places. We look at places where we can stuff ourselves and sometimes we have to shrink to fit into those spaces instead of flourishing and unfolding into who we are and then attracting the things to us and who we are instead of folding ourselves up and stuffing ourselves in because then we can't really... Uh, not to sound cliche, but we can't spread our wings that way. So the reason I was so interested in self-awareness uh, from a young age is my mother was a coach. She still is a coach. And so she exposed me to self-awareness at a young age. And I noticed the advantage that it gave me to know what my personality was, to understand my strengths. I was quite young when she started to expose me to these concepts, not a child young, but a young adult. And I noticed that I didn't end up into careers that were just such a bad mismatch. It wasn't even funny. I, I was using my talents and using my strengths in my work almost always. But there were other things that were a problem. My values weren't fitting where I was or who I was working with or the work I was doing. 
And so I started to become curious about why I was so dissatisfied in my own career. And it took me down this personal journey of exploration. And I discovered it was my values that weren't aligned and why I wasn't happy because I wanted to do work that was meaningful, that made a difference, that allowed me to have autonomy, that I considered to be fun, um, where I had strong connections with people, um, all where, where I could express my faith through my work. There was all kinds of things that I just couldn't do that I felt constrained. Even though I was using my strengths, I wasn't expressing my talent in ways that were purposeful or meaningful to me. And so a mentor in my life is is who helped me. His name, his name is Steve Lashansky. And we were going for a walk one day and he, we started to talk about values and he was asking me what my values were. And I said, well, my values are my family. And he said, well, family isn't a value. And I didn't know that. And I was very confused. And I thought, well, if my, if I don't value my family as my number one value, I don't know what I value. And he said, don't, I felt very, uh, a little stressed about that. How can I be 44 years old? I think it was at the time I'm 52 now. How can I be 44 years old and not know what's most important to me. I realized that I didn't. We do subconsciously. Our subconscious knows what's important. And when those values are violated, we experience um, reactions to that. Sometimes we could go into fight, flight, freeze. Sometimes we can get angry. Like the way we react is going to be different for every person. Sometimes we withdraw. Sometimes we become demotivated. Um, but I knew that was happening for me, but I didn't know that it was values violations. I didn't know what my values were and I did I couldn't like articulate that. So after I did my values in black and white, it was a slap over the head. I was just like somebody hit me with a pillow and it woke me up and I was like, "Whoa, like I am not intentionally making choices in my life, shaping my life around these things that I've discovered about myself. My need for autonomy, my need for love and connection, my need for daily fun and laughter, my need to express my faith, my need to really make a difference in people's lives. I did not make intentional choices. And so when I did feel values aligned, it was nothing but, you know, dumb luck because I, I wasn't making intentional choices or decisions. And when it wasn't aligned, it was because I did not do those intentional behaviors to ensure that my environment, the people I surrounded myself with, the work that I did aligned to my values. And so I decided that that was something that I needed to make a change immediately. And so I put the wheels in motion to quit my job and start a business so that I would have more control over my values alignment. Now, sometimes you can do that without quitting a job and starting a business. But for me, because autonomy at that time was my number two value, I knew that the best way to get autonomy was to work for myself. So I went down that path. And as I started to help other people in my work, in, in consulting and in coaching, I realized they need to know the things that I have come to learn. What burns me out in my work? What am I interested in? What what energizes me? What's really deeply fundamentally important to me? And what are the talents that I have? What do I do best that other people need most? And so I started to look for a tool to uncover that in people. And I couldn't find one. I started going into coach forums and saying, what tools are you using? And they would throw tool names out, but 
I realized nobody said, well, what are you trying to accomplish? You just don't run people through a tool just to run them through it. But all the tools were mostly personality tools. And I thought, well, I want to look at people holistically. I'm very much a holistic person. So when I take care of myself, that's spiritually, financially, relationally, it's, it's health and wellness. It's all the things. And so I can't help people by looking at just one thing. And so there was no holistic tool. And that's how UMAP came to be by just speaking to hundreds and hundreds of people. I think it ended up being about 2000 people all told and asking the question, what were times that you felt happy, satisfied and fulfilled? And what were times when you felt like life was misery on a stick? <laughs> and when I started to unpack all of that, that's where the four pillars of UMAP came to be. Um, how we show up in the world and that's consistently our talents drive our priorities, what our strengths are, really what's important to us and what matters to us, the the concept of of, of our of our why, you know, that's 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 what my problem was, the why. And then the what? What do I actually want to be doing hand to plow every day? What skills do I want to be employing? to impact other people. Because at the end of the day, we try to seek fulfillment directly, but fulfillment comes indirectly. Fulfillment truly comes in serving others. Service to other people is the place. And I'm not just saying that because that sounds lovely to say. Research backs me up. Research, I did research when I wrote Maximize 365 that showed that the happiest and most fulfilled people are people who feel purpose through serving others. And so that's where I focus all of my energy, serving other people, not to my detriment, I have boundaries, <laughs> but helping other people see where, that's why I say what you do best that others need most, because that intersection between what you bring to the table and what other people need is where fulfillment is found. So that's how it came about. I had to create it myself because nothing in the market existed. And I started putting people through it. And you ask the question, can I share examples of how it impacted people? Well, I, the most immediate example is yesterday. I was speaking to a 17-year-old boy, well, young man, um, who has, he's very highly relational. And two days before that, I spoke to an adult. And she said, she's the same, very relational strengths, very relational values, very relational skills and relational interests. So in UMAP language, the, str the strengths were all building connections with people one-on-one. -on -one. The values were the same things, relational values like compassion, fairness, generosity, honesty, all interpersonal values. And the skills were um, things like uh, helping people manage their emotions and advising and mentoring and all that sort of thing. And, and then the personality was about service to others. So the interests were around making a difference in people's lives. So when I talked to these people, I heard the same thing from both of them. I feel like I don't have enough skills. I feel like I'm. there are things that I need to be doing. And so people who are very achievement oriented, people who are very disciplined and the list makers and people who are doing all the things it makes these people who are relational feel like I don't have anything to offer because I'm not doing anything. And I said, look, here's the biggest lie we've been told, especially in the Western culture, that you are what you do 
what you're failing to see about yourself, I told the 17 year old is you don't experience, like if you have, if you have what we call inward facing strengths, you, you, you get things done or you're really good at thinking, for example, like you can learn, you can research, you can generate ideas. You feel like you're producing something tangible through reading that book and learning that skill or getting the thing done on the to-do list. It's very tangible. But here's the thing. When you're a very relationship-oriented person and you're told your whole life, you're too soft, you care too much, you talk too much in class, you need to, we, we refocus people on doing in the classroom, in the workplace, and the relationship stuff, the development, the mentoring, the customer service. That's where we cut all the corners because like, we just need to be producing and producing and producing. Well, what I told them both, and especially this young man, I said, your impact in the world is impacting other people. Someday at your funeral, people are going to say, Noah changed my life. No one's going to remember that really awesome Excel pivot table that I created when I worked in reporting. You know what I mean? So we have to stop focusing on what our classroom environment tells us, the grades, what our workplace tells us. We're in the first quartile. We get the highest bonus. All of these I mean, I'm not saying that meritocracies are terrible or anything like that. I'm not trying to be down with the system. But what I'm saying is it's a very specific and narrow way of being. And some people are like that naturally, and that's great for them. They're going to be fulfilled being that way, and that's fantastic. But what about the rest of us who aren't wired that way? We're, we are right out of the box from kindergarten made to feel like we're less than because we're not good at math or we aren't good at doing our homework or we're forgetful and don't remember to put our lunch in our backpack. All of the organized things and all of those doing type things. But that's not where your place is in the world. Your place in the world is... I, this one woman that I was talking to on Wednesday, I was telling her, tell me some of the things that people say to you. She'll... She'll, and she's like, well, well, when I, when I mentor and coach people, they say things like, this has been life-changing. You have helped me see myself in a way I never saw myself before. And I said to her, I said, the reason you feel that's not enough is because it's not impacting you. You don't see the outcome. It's felt in other human beings. And we feel the impact when we're the doers, we're getting it done, we're getting the results, we're writing all the books, we're doing all the things. We can feel the impact and see the impact as a tangible outcome. But when you are wired to bring transformation in another person, you don't feel it. And so you don't recognize the tremendous value that you're bringing to people. So the biggest thing, my biggest mantle right now, the, 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 podium that I am on is helping relational people realize that they can change lives and not wish that they were better at tasks because it's it's there's nothing wrong with you it's about being where you belong putting yourself where you're valued putting yourself in environments and in positions that need what you have to offer there's nothing wrong with you nothing needs to be changed about you and that's, that's kind of the drum that I'm beating every day. Well, I 
can certainly, I'm relational, mostly relational for sure. And one takeaway that I've come in understanding about like this tool and I can certainly align with what you're saying because we are meant to like from a very young age fit into this box and we're in this place and in the education system and like okay we have to do things this way and then we internalize that and create those stories that become our negative self-talk which then certainly can evolve and change as we as we grow and as we evolve but the one thing that I do love about UMAP and that process is that it gives each person really their unique contribution because we are all unique. We are not the same. This is a this is a map for for us and and who we are. But it gives us that it gives us that unique contribution. I mean, I know my unique contribution is to provide a supportive, fun, and collaborative space to initiate and motivate change within each other, to work with multi-generations, to know that I am a teacher and I am a healer and I am a coach. Like that is my unique contribution. And so I don't have to shrink to fit into some other spot. Now we have to remind ourselves from time to time or a lot of the time, certainly, because there are societal things that get come down from us, whether it's through the boss or whether it's what we're feeling in everyday life that can come about. But I really just appreciate that um, aspect that you can bring and that tool that you've created to provide to give others that catalyst to empower themselves and to recognize and build that confidence because we, that I mean, that confidence and that inner core and knowing and understanding our values is just really that crucial part that can kind of make or break and many people are closed and they are asleep and they are walking through life asleep and they don't recognize that and that's okay because that's the path that they're on at the moment and i think the the pandemic was a really big catalyst for a lot of folks to then begin to wake up and to um, become more conscious about what they're doing every day and what makes them happy and what do i really value and is this career really aligned do i do i want to do this or do i not want to do this or or what are the things that are coming along and you know that was certainly a big catalyst and um, that we can have on our life's journey and i want to go back and circle back to kind of the themes that we talked about because self-awareness is that piece but then we do need to move through that fear of i'm not i'm not enough i'm not worthy i could I could never do that or maybe something that that yeah. somebody is telling us is that but then we can also move into that that trust factor so i want to get into a little bit about you know being open and and to evolve and what role has spirituality and your faith played in your journey because you did mention that you walked through miscarriage which can certainly be something that we have to rely on our our faith and our inner inner guidance for and to have relationships to help us through that. Um, but also in changing careers and in, you know, raising a family and moving through your life as it is right now, can you touch on a little bit about that spirituality and that faith aspect and how maybe that's played a part in your life? Sure. Well, the understanding who I am, I believe, is a, a segue to that. So I want you to imagine the creator um saying to you i've given you these gifts and these gifts i want you to unwrap these gifts and 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 use these gifts and 
when you use these gifts to impact other people and help others, that's how you can repay me for the gift of life. So that segues for me, taking the time to understand who I am and that self-awareness then equips me to the, the spiritual aspect of that. And it's funny because I was an atheist until I was 30 years old. And then I went on a spiritual pilgrimage to discover uh, uh, that, faith, that faith journey. So that's a whole other st story. But the spiritual aspect has given me, that's where the trust has come in for me to actually act on these things I've learned about myself. So truth is an anchor. So I've discovered, and 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 when 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 I talk about there's nothing wrong with you, that's not permission to say to people, uh, you know what, I am who I am, and you just need to deal with it. Uh, this is me. I'm not changing. I need to be true to myself. There's a difference between who we are and our behavior, and this is not a license to be a jackass to people. Changing your behavior for appropriate settings and um, to be effective with people isn't changing who you are. So there, there's that core of who we are. And then we situationally change our behavior um, based on the appropriate social cues and things that you talked about. But the spiritual aspect for me has been understanding that I have a purpose. And it's really important for people to believe in something bigger than themselves because you can't anchor to yourself. Because if you be, everyone is going to worship something. And if you don't, some people worship God, some people worship whatever, whatever it is people worship, right? Um, but if you, if you, er, people end up worshiping, them, worshiping themselves. So I'm going to put my career ahead. I'm going to put myself above everyone. You, it's self-care gone too far. It's, it's, it's when, when you say I am my number one priority. And if anybody else invades my boundaries and they get, they get unrealistic with that. Nobody can give you feedback. Nobody, then I'm just going to kick you to the curb. I'm going to kick you out of my life because this is my self-care. I'm going to cut toxic, toxic people out. And then toxic people are people who are just trying to tell you like you're going down a bad path and just trying, cause they're care, they care about you. And you're just like, out you go of my life. Cause you're toxic. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about here. Right? So truth though becomes becomes that anchor and that if you anchor to just yourself i mean how does that you you can't take a boat and anchor it to itself in this in a storm of life because it's not it's not anchored to anything so the truth becomes my anchor in my life and so for me that element of knowing my identity and knowing who I belong to, my relationship with God, that has been my spiritual foundation. And then that is the foundation that I can step out and take risk. I can do things that are uncomfortable or maybe seem scary. And that has equipped me to be less of a control freak. I used to be very much a control freak. I always, to the point where how laundry was folded, if anyone put a towel on a hook and they didn't put take the corners of the towel and make sure they were even, I would like, you have to fix that towel because it's, oh, I was just like such a perfectionistic control freak. A little bit like mildly OCD, I would say. I never went for a diagnosis, but I, I had a lot of that going on. Like couldn't be any drips of water in the sink. And I, I just, I was 
it's suffocating to even think about how it used to be years ago. So learning to let those things go when I had children was critical to my emotional well-being because you, you can't control every aspect of your environment when you have messy human beings in your life. If you live alone, go for it. You know, if it brings you happiness, but I just don't know that that would ever bring anyone happiness to be that controlling. So learning how to trust, learning. I started to say things like when I wanted an outcome, I would say this or something better because I started to realize that I didn't know everything and I didn't always even know what was best for me. My job was to know who I am, know what's important to me and look out into the world and make decisions aligned to that. But sometimes there's things we don't know. We don't know what we know, don't know. And sometimes there have been things that have been better for me that I wouldn't have chosen. And I've, the more years you get under the, under your belt, the more you can look back and say, wow, if I had actually got what I wanted, that would have been a disaster and look how much better things have turned out. One example is I really wanted this job before I started my own business. I wanted this job and I applied for this job and it was internal at a sister company. And I was so disappointed. I didn't get the job. And I found out later that that particular division of the company worked people into the ground. Everybody worked a hundred hours a week. And I was a single mom with two little boys at the time. And so I, I escaped that it would have been the death of me, but I was so upset that it didn't happen. Another job that I had accepted and then my company counter offered. So I accepted or the department I was in counter offered, I accepted the counter they never actually gave me the promotion they promised. The job went away, but I ended up going down a different path where I met my husband. And now I have my these two little girls I wouldn't have had. So the more years you live, the more you start to trust that the mysteries of life are like whoever opens a Christmas present, they, you have a Christmas present on your lap and you're like, oh boy, I hope this box isn't full of scorpions. Maybe I shouldn't open it. Nobody thinks that way. You look at the mystery of what's in this box with enthusiasm and anticipation because you trust the giver. And so it all comes down to you. Do you believe in a hostile universe or do you believe in a friendly universe? And I understand that sometimes people believe in a hostile universe because of their trauma and that's fair, but we can't view ourselves and view life through the, the lens of broken people because the, those traumas and trust issues is from hurt people, hurt people, right? And so that's where the self-awareness piece comes in, being able to trust ourselves and trust in a friendly universe so that we can look forward with an anticipation. And so when we do have trust issues, that's understandable, but we have to work through those trust issues. I've, I've had broken trust mm -hmm. and I've had to, you know, work through those so that I could remarry and have trust again. And there are triggers it is absolutely true. There are triggers when certain circumstances and situations happen that you were in before. You can feel the fight, flight, freeze happen. You can feel it happen, but you can learn to work through those issues. And I just will tell people that we are given tools that we often ignore, like our gut instinct. Um, sometimes our gut instinct says, you should go for that. But then your fear says, well, you're too stupid. You're a loser. Who, whoever says, oh, I'm so glad that I ignored my gut. Like nobody. So we have tools we have to learn to tap into and listen. The still small voice 
is it for us or is it against us? And if it's against us, we need to start playing a new track in our mind. And, 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 and it's intentional. You know what? Thanks for your concern, but I've got this. I have proof that I have the strengths to do this. I have the skills to do this. And I trust that if I don't know how to do something, I'm going to figure it out. I trust that I can figure it out. We have to have trust in ourselves, trust in a friendly universe. Just like when we open the present from people we love, we, we don't think that we abolish spiders or scorpions or snakes, right? So those mysteries of life, I do believe that life works in our favor and that all things work for good. Even the bad things. If you look at people who've had terrible things happen to them, like Elizabeth Santos was a little girl who died of a neuroblastoma when she was five years old and she's from the area I live. And it was really tragic. And there was Facebook groups and all of these things and prayer chains and all of these things. Um, and she didn't survive. And now there's the Elizabeth Santos foundation that I went and gave blood to earlier this year to help people specifically with different types of cancer. It's, it's blood donation specifically for, um, for that so that there's a supply for people who are going through these different cancer treatments and watching the, what's the difference between this family that recycled their pain into purpose. What's, what's the difference. And I believe that the spiritual element is really important in that, that you believe in something bigger than yourself. So you have an anchor in your storm and then you recycle that purpose, that pain into purpose. Uh, because I've seen two families at the same time lose a child the same age. One was at Xander's uh, network of friends that had no spiritual. They were an atheist family. And I'm not saying that in critical because I understand that position because I was there. And then I saw another family. We were going through this journey watching what was happening. Both of their kids were the same age and they were fighting cancer as well. Both of their children passed away, sadly. But when the family that had a spiritual foundation, oh my goodness, watching the things they started to do and the things they started to create for other parents that were suffering and dealing with this thing. And then the other family just in despair, they just were living with despair. It's, I really think that spirituality has been the seed of hope in my life. That was a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's great no because i just listening going yes 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 because it is that really i mean i like how you talked about trust as your your anchor and not just having that be yourself because we can't be our own anchor and then just turning your into your turning your strengths and and maybe the hardships into a purpose and having that purpose and desire because we can't see the whole picture we just when we're in it and we're in the throes of whatever that storm is, we can't see what's on the other side. We just have no way of knowing, but it's tapping into our values, going back to what we talked about earlier, mm -hmm. tapping into that light, those values of where I can find hope. Do I value faith and spirituality? Do I believe that things can turn around? Like how can I move forward tapping into that little bit that we sometimes even just have to grasp for the tiniest bit? Um, I didn't know that belief was a strength of mine. 
back when I, and trust was a value and faith back when I was going through my fertility journey and taking 11 fertility attempts to have a daughter. I didn't know that about myself. I just did it like, but like, because it was there now, I know why, but I looking back, I have that perspective now, but we can't see. And we do sometimes have to go on, you know, I, I keep telling my husband who's going through some things to trust the process because you're not going to be able to see what you're being led to because we can't we don't have a crystal ball we can't predict the future we can take steps to move forward and just trust and know that okay one day i'm going to look back and be like that's why that happened i know exactly that's why that happened um and there's just little these little things along our journey that um, as we evolve and grow and learn in our process and age and move through and take this the risks and the steps forward we gain the perspective right it takes courage to do that and moving through that that fear perspective that's the key right there i did this mindful mile walk recently and we walked on a reflexology path it was all of these rocks we had to walk across and you take your shoes and socks off and you walk across them and the rocks hurt on your feet walking through this path they hurt a little bit because they're poking into your feet and then we walked through the path and went up on this hill and we looked down at the path and we could see the patterns of the rocks and where they were leading in the path. But you couldn't see when you were in the rocks. You couldn't see till you went up on the hill. And that's the thing. It's all about perspective. And perspective has been the greatest gift in my own life. Because when I lost my first baby, I remember when I started to have a miscarriage, I called and the nurse said, if, if you're miscarrying, there's nothing that there's nothing that can be done. And I felt this sense of helplessness, but rather than lean and stay in that helplessness, I leaned in to like the sovereignty of God was a, it, so my, I have a friend, she called me and she said, Hey, do you want to go to this, this class on the sovereignty of God? And I was like, not at all. <laughs> no. And she said, well, I'll pick you up and I'll drive you with me. And I was like, fine, I'll go. So I went to the class and a week later I had a miscarriage. So it was like I had been guided into this understanding of the sovereignty of God in my life. And on and I and and I'm not saying, oh, I'm so glad I didn't have that other dumb baby because now I have Evelyn, but I have Evelyn now who she is such a joy in our life. And she it's just that she was the one that was meant to be here. And that's just how that is. But going through that experience, when I lost that first child, it's hard for people to understand this. But I remember um, I went into the bath, I miscarried, and I was in the bathtub and I was just crying. And I said, okay, God, I will accept this, um, but I'm going to need you to draw close to me because I need you to get me through this. And I had never felt the presence of God more strongly in my life. And I went into the, I got out of the tub and I lay, laid on the bed and I said to my husband, I said, the, the baby's gone. And he was like, you don't know that we haven't all, we had our ultrasound to find out the, you know, do all the, the ultrasound like the next day. And I said, I can tell, I just, I can, my waist felt different. There's this thickness you feel when you're pregnant that I just didn't feel anymore. And he said, well, let's just wait. And I said, oh, okay. And we went the next day and she did the did the wand thing. And she said, I'm sorry. Those are the two words she said. And I knew it. I knew it the day before. And we went home 
and we wrapped our arms around each other and we sobbed in each other's arms. And I have never loved my husband more than him sobbing in my arms, the loss of our child. And I know that's hard for people to understand, but that brought a closeness in our marriage that I never knew was possible that only came through loss to be able to see into a compassion and tenderness and gentleness of my husband that made me love him so much more. And only that loss gave me that window into knowing him on that plane that I would have never. And it was, it's more than that, but that was one of the really valuable things from that experience. Yeah. I mean, that's light shining through the darkness, right? Like that's like that glimmer, like we're in the darkness, we're in that dark night, we're in that just pain, but that just like that glimmer that we can come through, like that's, that's the lesson. That's not just the lesson. That's, that is that light. That's that. Okay. Now I understand. Right. And we, we don't realize at the time, but I mean, I can so relate to that because our path is our path and things happen. Like we have to move through them. Yes. We'll gain perspective later on, but having that going back to that trust and anchoring in and, and really understanding, I mean, going through, you know, I've had a really rough summer just in what some health challenges and different things that have happened in my family. But I recognize that, man, the conversations, the depth of conversations and the honesty that I've had in my relationship, just, it is like next level. And the closeness and the evolution of what comes in that, those interpersonal relationships. I mean, pain comes, but that, that light shines for sure. And miscarriage. We all take a turn in the bucket. We're all going to take a turn in the pit. Right. I mean, we do. And that's, that's life. That's our evolutionary journey. I mean, that's multiple turns in the pit, multiple (laughs) turns in the pit. I mean, and that's transformation and that's rebirth. And that's what spiritual fertility is all about. You know, coming full circle. It is that, that rebirth and that transformation that we go through so that we can navigate the next thing in a higher level of consciousness and evolution. And we can impact others, you know, through what we learn because you know, going through my fertility journey, like, okay, yes, I go through it and, and I have my beautiful angel miracle. However, I know that when I tell my story to people who are going through the fertility journey right now, it does provide hope and inspiration. It's hard and it's tough and I get it, but you know, that perspective comes out and it just really brings it full circle. And I know you, have the same thing as you're going through the things in life that you do go through and it brings us full circle to be that's what spiritual fertility is all about it's being motherly it's knowing yourself it's practicing that transformation it's living in your values it's giving those gifts to others and being the best we can you shared before we hit record here um that uh you've gone from being the person that you were working a hundred hours a week and digging in and you touched on the control and then to now having this just Zen AF (laughs) (laughs) um, life and, and building, you know, and going through what you go through to have this business and have the life that you have now and being able to be present with your family, recognizing how that has impacted everybody around you 
And I mean, that's just full circle for sure. Mm -hmm. But the smooth sailing is going to, I'm going to hit a storm again. I mean, I'm a human being, right? So I'm enjoying the calm right now. Um, but each bump I hit, I feel more and more equipped to handle. I had a friend one time ask me, you know, how come bad things happen to good people? How come, uh, why, why would that happen? And I said, I, it helps me understand life better when I think of a parent child perspective, imagine you gave your child everything they wanted. You made their life so easy. Do their homework for them. Don't make them study candy for breakfast every day. Sure. Um, you want to have TikTok at seven years old, go for it. Like you gave them everything they wanted. They would be the most they would be the most spiritually shallow, like one millimeter deep person you could ever imagine. And what you would be doing was creating an absolute nightmare. The only true way in life, it would be great if it wasn't this way, but the only true way in life to develop empathy, compassion, generosity, fairness is through pain with understanding the pain of others um, through their story, going through your own pain. If you, I mean, when you look at people who don't have empathy, who are diagnosed as sociopaths, I mean, that's what we're talking about are becoming, not having to worry about any pain, mine or yours or anybody else's. I mean, we're, when we say why, why can't just my life be great all the time and perfect all the time, we're setting ourselves up on the path to be a sociopath. Uh, yeah. Right. And we don't want that. No, I mean, that's not. And I know I don't say that with a lack of compassion for people who actually are diagnosed with that because it's a horrible thing to for everybody involved to have to 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 deal with that. I mean, I'm not trying to be flippant, but the reality is if life just always went in our favor all the time from day one, we would be the most insufferable people we could mm -hmm. ever imagine. Yes, we would. And extremely selfish. And extremely selfish, for sure. We've talked about so much on this episode and I know that your time is valuable and we are moving through. And so I, I'm sure at some point I'd like to invite you back again because we didn't even touch on health journey and transformation and that. But I before we do um, and, and close, I do want to share one impactful thing because many people who are going to listen to this are parents and are mothers. And the one thing that we can do for our children and or educators too, is equip them with the right tools at an earlier age to recognize what it is that they can be and what potential they have. And so your books, I just am such a huge, huge fan and proponent of you've got gifts, you've got values, you've got skills, you've got personality, and you've got I'm quirks. Impressed. I mean, I remember like, yeah, oh yeah. Girl, I got them all. And I remember even just last year during I was teaching our after school program and it was second, third and fourth graders. And it was it was um, autism week. And I um, had made copies or had copied and pictures of the book. Um, You've got quirks. And I had them take turns reading the different parts of the book to just understand how we can interact with each other and you know, respect each other. So anybody who's listening, those just are a great way to interact and get to know your children, to 
practice their reading. I mean, it's all everything, but to just develop that awareness at such a young age. And, you know, I, I so much value that. And I would love for our educational system to, you know, include more of that, those restorative practices and, and ways to get to know each other instead of the achievement, achievement, grades fit into this box. You need to do this. You need to do that. But that's a big picture future. That's the futuristic in me coming out for sure. So yeah, thank you for, for all of that wisdom that you've put forth and share and following those breadcrumbs that you had and listening to your intuition and others who may have helped you along that way to put that out so that you can impact multi-generations because that's definitely in alignment with what um, I'm all about too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I, I really love the discussion questions at the back of each of those books too, so that parents and kids can have meaningful conversations and really get to know things about your kids you didn't know. Because kids don't really have the tools sometimes to share their insecurities, to share what they are self-conscious about, to share things they're struggling with at school. Um, I My mother has said to me, I wish you would have told me some of the struggles that you were going through as a child. And I said, I it didn't occur to me to tell you. And I didn't know how. Wow. Wow. What a full circle moment because you started out talking about your childhood and and now like you, you know, are able to impact others in that way. And so I really appreciate and am thankful that we were able to sit down and have this conversation. And uh, I just value you so much as a friend and as a mentor and as a teacher and as somebody that was led into my life and now through this channel through this medium through this podcast can we we get to team up and um share our wisdom for others so thank you so much thank you allison this was fun super fun for those that are listening please subscribe to spiritual fertility write a review to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts to help us grow share with a friend who is a mom who is somebody who is on their spiritual journey who is looking for help and guidance and inspiration and tools for their own growth and journey and also just how to you know live their best life and make the choices every day that we need to make to have life and career satisfaction and be the best that we can be thank you very much and we will talk to everybody soon bye bye